Good morning, everybody. It's great to have you all here today again. Welcome. I'm Len, and I get the, the privilege of sharing with you this morning. It's kind of hard to get up the aisle. You're all being so obedient, loving each other. Good job. I couldn't get up here. <laughs> it's great to have you here today. Hey, last week, Paul started a short series uh, on the, that we've called God in Me, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit and who he is in our lives. And so, you know what, many of us, to be honest, don't even really think a whole lot about the Holy Spirit because, you know, he's just kind of intangible. And we say spirit, and that sounds odd, and we don't know it. And some people you've heard maybe say Holy Ghost. And ghost, frankly, in English is just from the German word Geist, which literally means spirit. But ghost sounds creepier, doesn't it? And so we just have this idea, the Holy Ghost, what's up with that? And, and so while we may not understand how God became man in the person of Jesus Christ, we can at least wrap our heads around this idea that there was an actual person who lived in history and time and space and walked the earth and, and, and died for us and we can follow his teachings. You know, this historical person makes sense to us. But, but this idea of the Holy Spirit, well, that just kind of baffles a lot of us. And I suspect most of us would fall in line with what surveys say to be true, that if we were given the choice, we would prefer to have Jesus physically with us, sitting by us where we could talk, go out to coffee with him and ask questions, be encouraged, more than we would like the idea of the Holy Spirit being with us. Because again, we can wrap our heads around that. Well, the disciples had the, shared the same sentiments. They completely were in line with this same idea, and they were just very upset when he told them that he was going to be going away. They couldn't imagine life without him, and they were very sad at that news. And already Mark has alluded to this passage, but let's go ahead and read what Jesus says to them. He says, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate or Holy Spirit won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And we kind of like, okay, but we still would rather have you, Jesus. But Jesus is telling us it's best that you have the Holy Spirit. And so maybe we should understand then why God gave us the Holy Spirit. If Jesus thinks the role of the Holy Spirit is so important in our lives, maybe we should consider that a little bit more. And so why did God give us the Holy Spirit? Why should we experience him, as Pastor Paul mentioned last week in his message? And the short and quick answer to this is a word, scale. It's about scale. Jesus was limited in physical form, and so his presence was limited. But the Holy Spirit is not limited by time and space, and, and so the church can be scaled from the small ragtag group of followers that it was originally to this worldwide, multi-generational experience that we ha- now have, this movement called the church and, and what it's become. And while that answer, in fact, is true, to, to understand how God's kingdom has expanded through generations to rescue all of mankind from the effects of sin and to bring everybody um, who will believe to a forgiven relationship with God. To be honest, for many of us, that answer is just not all that inspiring. I mean, let's be real. Because it comes back to we're all just a little selfish and we say, what's that have to do with me? Why do I need the Holy Spirit? I get this big global thing maybe God's doing, but what's that do for me? What does that mean? 
And many of you maybe know um, my background comes out of a Pentecostal tradition. Uh, before I came to Mariners, that's what my experience was. And, and Pentecostal tradition within the church is this uh, a, a, la- a larger belief and experience in the power of the Holy Spirit being active in our lives in ways that are expressed through gifts of healing or prophecy or speaking in tongues and more. And, and I love how God has been part of my life that way, expressing himself through my experience in those ways. But I also saw the downside of this, again, because mankind, you get a group of people together, we tend to get a little selfish and whatever, and we do some things. You know, we're not perfect, even here at Mariners. And, and it just happens, and we do these things. And I, so I saw the downside of, of this experience and this focus on the Holy Spirit. Because a lot of us would come together, and it was just about you know, making us feel excited about God. Yay, God, you know. And, 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 uh, and we would look for this, we would just hunger for this power of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost goosebumps, you know, that sense that you get during a really intense times of worship. And, and these experiences really can be very special and they do reveal the intimacy that God wants to have uh, with each one of us. But if we just leave it there, that falls short of what God intends when he sent his Holy Spirit to be active in our lives. And so if you've been here at Mariners for any length of time and you've heard me speak, you know that I come back to a phrase often in my messages where I say this, it's not about you. And I'm bringing that up again today because it's not about you. Your salvation, your sufferings, your trials, the freedom from sin, and everything that God has done in your life and through you is not limited to just you. It's not about me. It's not about you. The only reason God works through me or you is for the greater we, to direct people to him. That's what God is doing. Of course you experience personal benefits and, 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 and this intimacy with God. Of course you do. But it was never meant to end there. It's not about you. Francis Chan, an author and evangelist, has written a book that I highly recommend uh, and often recommend to you this morning, Forgotten God. And in it, he muses a bit about what a caterpillar must think. And I don't know if you've ever considered what a caterpillar must think. I I can't say I have. I'm not sure caterpillars even think. But just imagine if they did. One day, they're walking or crawling around on the ground. And after a, a nap of some time, all of a sudden, they're a completely different creature flying around. What in the world must they think going from one extreme to the other in that way? And Francis Chan goes on to write this. As believers, we ought to experience this same kind of astonishment when the Holy Spirit enters our body. We should be stunned in disbelief over becoming, what the Bible says, a new creation with a spirit living in us. As the caterpillar finds its new ability to fly, we should be thrilled over our spirit-empowered ability to live differently and faithfully. Isn't this what the scriptures speak of? Isn't this what we've all been longing for? I don't want my personal faith or the life of our church to just be like a religious rotary club where we, you know, we 
have some community. We do some service projects. We all feel good about what we've accomplished. And, and I love Rotary Club and service organizations. That, yeah, there you go. I love them. They're great, and they have a place. But I want more than that. I want a transformed life. I, I want a life of freedom from sin. I want to be part of something that is powerful and changes the world. I want a unity of love here that does what Jesus says, that the world will know you are my disciples because of your love for one another. And all of that comes to us when the promise of Jesus happens in our lives. Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And I want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to talk about it. I want to experience it. I hunger for my faith, for our faith, to be real and transformational. But again, it's not about me. It's not about you. Jesus goes on with this verse to say, And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The power of the Holy Spirit is not just for my benefit or your benefit. It's so that the whole world might be reached, that God would be made big, made known, made real in people's lives all around the globe through all generations. That's what the power of the Holy Spirit is for. And it all starts with each one of us. Last week, Paul brought out this great verse when he spoke. He brought it out of Ephesians where Paul the Apostle writes, Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And Pastor Paul said this, that when that, that, when, um, that happens in our lives, that we're under the influence And not the DUI influence that throws you into jail because of alcohol, but under the influence and leading and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Not under the influence of the current thought of the day, but under the influence of God's word through the Holy Spirit making it real and alive in our lives. We should be filled with the Holy Spirit in that way. So let's take a few moments and look at what being filled with the Holy Spirit actually looks like? What is the the purpose that the Holy Spirit has come to do in our lives today? And we can't cover all the ways. It's exhaustive in the Bible. There's just lots and lots to talk about. But I'm going to look at a few this morning ways that I think are really important for us, and I hope we really grasp a hold of them. First, God sent his Holy Spirit to bring us into a family and community with him and with others. And it is my sincere sincere belief that the need to belong is one of the greatest needs that drive all of us as humans. It's so powerful in our lives. How else can you explain the rise of gangs and clubs in our, in our culture on one end and the devastation that is caused when somebody feels unaccepted and ignored and bullied and marginalized on the other extreme. The need to belong is so great that we're willing to be part of something that even is destructive because we feel accepted. It drives us so much to be part of community and family and connection in that way. The problem is is that outside of God, the acceptance that we receive falls so far from what it can be. It's not 
what it can be in God. It's often conditional um, in, in, those, in those relationships, and it's often so tolerant that it accepts the worst part of us instead of inspiring us to be something better or different. But God brings us into this family, into his family, and he takes us without any conditions. And then by his spirit, he joins us together and he grows us to become more like Christ. And he gives us together purpose and meaning. Paul writes this in Romans, all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Later, Paul writes, Now all of you can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He brings us together. We are adopted. We are his children. We are made heirs of his glory. We are citizens of his kingdom. We are brought together and knit together by the Holy Spirit. And that is something so powerful that we should grasp. We are not isolated islands to ourselves. We are part of something greater. And this morning I want to do something uh, unique during our time at each point. I want to take those passages that we read and I want for us to actually pray them together. So if you would, just take a moment, close your eyes. Let's meditate on the words of these passages as I pray them. Holy Spirit, you have not made us fearful slaves. Instead, you have been given to us when God adopted us as his own children. Holy Spirit, join with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children, confirming to us that we are his heirs. Give us the confidence we are, in fact, together with Christ, heirs of God's glory. Amen. Next, God sent the Holy Spirit to reveal our need for him, for God. Take some time and observe the world around you, and it won't be too hard for you to see that all of us have a bit of wickedness in us, don't we? And we're blind to it, perhaps, or we try to cover it up, or we ignore it, or worse, some of us give in to it with hedonistic abandon, right? It's all across the scale what we as humans do with the evil, the wickedness that is in us. But as humans, we also play the comparison game. And so we often conclude that we're okay because we're not as bad as that guy, whoever that guy is, right? And yet... Yet, we don't compare favorably to God. And so God is very clear in his word that we fall short of what he intended us to be. We don't compare with his perfection and his purity and his holiness. A perfection and holiness and purity that he designed for us to experience and be. And so because of that, we are destined and doomed apart from him for eternity. But God has sent his Holy Spirit in this world to reveal that to us 
so that we would be drawn to God to receive that forgiveness that he has. The active presence of God through his spirit is here on this earth to make mankind aware of our need for him. And this is what Jesus says. And when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. And I just want to pause there for a moment. The sin that separates us from God is not whatever list we come up with. Whether it's intolerance and judgment and cheating and whatever lists we come up with. The only sin that separates us from God according to God is what we do with his son, Jesus. Do we believe in him or not? And the Holy Spirit has come in this world to reveal to each one of us that we need to yield our lives to Christ. If we accept it, we become part of his family. If we don't, then we don't. We receive the judgment that comes with that. But when we do accept that message, oh, let me finish the passage. So it says, righteousness then is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. So Jesus says the Holy Spirit has made righteousness available to all of us to recognize that we need to yield our lives to Christ. And when we do accept God fully in our lives, it brings us into his family without condition. And yet, as each of us choose to believe in this message and the leadership of Christ in our lives, the Holy Spirit's role then changes in us. For those who don't believe, he is revealing Christ to them and their need for God. But once we do choose to follow him, his role changes in our lives, and now he works with us to grow Christ-likeness in us. Christ becomes formed in us. Then he begins to grow us and change us and transform us. The power of God works in our lives. And the cool thing is, is that he sets us free from the obligation to sin. We talk about freedom from sin, and we talk about things like that. And what that means is you are not obliged to sin. You can't just say, well, there it was, and I had to give in to it. No, the Holy Spirit in us gives us choices. We have choice to live like Jesus and become like him or not. We're set free from the obligation to sin. And that's one of the greatest roles that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He doesn't bring us uh, into this family with this false sense of community, which accepts the worst parts of us, but instead the Holy Spirit is creating in us the nature of Christ He is forming Christ in us, the way that God intended for us to be all along. And Paul writes this in Romans, So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. And later he writes, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, that you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature, it wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Since we are living by the Spirit... Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let's pray that passage over us this morning. 
Holy Spirit, guide our lives so we don't do what the sinful nature craves. Holy Spirit, give us the desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Produce this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen. Next, God sent his Holy Spirit to give us purpose beyond ourselves. And this is where that me becomes the we that I talked about earlier. God is bringing me into his family. He's bringing you into his family. And he's growing us, this nature of Christ in us. He's forming Christ in us and and transforming us. Why? To impact our world. To to share it with those around us. And, And my world includes my church family that God has now given me responsibility to and for. And you as well, that we're responsible to each other. And my world includes those outside of the church family that that desperately need to be invited and brought in to meet our God. So regarding my church family, Paul writes this in Corinthians, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does all this work in us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. That's a pretty powerful passage. And what it's saying here is that the Holy, Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowers each of us with unique gifts to help each other. Help how? Well, many translations use the word edify for the word help, that we are here to edify each other. And edify means to build each other up, to build into other people's lives. And we help each other by encouraging and teaching and serving and doing what it takes to make sure that there is a place here for people to come and experience and meet Jesus. We mentor, we support, we love, we give, we get messy, we get involved with people in their lives. We make a difference. We grieve when people just don't get it and they walk away. We grieve over that. And we rejoice when somebody says, I want to make... Jesus, the leader of my life, and we celebrate that. We refuse to accept that somebody might feel unaccepted here. We go out of our way. We step out of our comfort zone. We give of ourselves because we have received something that is too precious to take lightly. Our faith, our salvation, our church family, the people that God has given to us, to help us, for us to help them grow in their faith, is too precious to take lightly. We have an obligation to each other. We are here to help each other become like Christ. And maybe you don't share all of those values, but I hope you get there, because that's what God is calling us to do That's what the power of the Holy Spirit is for in our lives. And in fact, Paul highlights this greatly and strongly after the verses immediately following the fruit of the Spirit passage that we just read. He says this, Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another, Dear brothers and sisters, if one another, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. 
And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you are fooling yourself. You're not that important. Talk about blunt, right? Paul said it just so bluntly. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about this family that God has saved us to. We have an obligation to help each other, to build each other, to grow each other, to support each other. And as I said, sometimes it gets messy. Sometimes it gets, it gets hard. Sometimes it's just full of life and joy. And it's what a family is, right? And the eternal family that God has knitted us and woven us into is so precious. We can't take that lightly. The we is greater than the me. And of course, we also have a purpose through the Holy Spirit outside of the church, outside of the family, so that all may come to know God and be welcomed into this family of God. Jesus said, but you shall receive power. Again, I read this earlier. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And what is it that we're witnesses of? What is it that we are supposed to be proclaiming and sharing? It's the message of Christ himself, what he has done. Paul writes later, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. It's not some big billboard in the sky. It's you. It's me. He's making his appeal to the world around us through us. We have a cause and a purpose and a mission. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We should be doing that. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. I'd like to take a moment and pray for us that we would live this out. Join me. Holy Spirit, let us follow your leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. If another believer is overcome by sin, oh, Holy Spirit, help us to gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. May we share each other's burdens and not think we're too important. May we also be filled with power to be witnesses pleading with others, come back to God. Amen. Okay, the Holy Spirit does so much more in our lives, but if we can grasp just these three areas, I really believe that we will live transformed lives. We will have those caterpillar to butterfly transformative experiences. We will be radically different when we seek to be filled by the Holy Spirit in these ways. But before we end, let me highlight just a couple of cautions. And the first is, is check your motives. Why do you desire the Spirit's activity in your life? Maybe you haven't prior to now because you haven't even considered it, but this is a great question to ask. Why do you want the Holy Spirit to be active in your life? Is it for your own betterment so you feel close to God? Yay, I'm on his team. You know, it is, it's something like that. Is it because you want to experience all that God has for you? Is it because you love his church so much that you want to serve it better? Look around you. Literally, right now, look around you. Crane your neck behind you. Look ahead of you. See all the people around you. Do you see them 
week to week, do you say to yourself, I love these people so much that I pray God empowers me to encourage them to a deeper walk with God. I suspect most of us don't. I hope that you will see the people sitting next to you differently from today on. That you will say, Holy Spirit, you have given me a responsibility to the people around me that they might grow to become more like you. You have given me responsibility to serve them and them responsibility to serve me that together we might change our world. Please pray that the Holy Spirit leads you in that way and check that motive that you might have that heart and hunger for God. James, the brother of Jesus, writes in chapter 4 of his book, he says that we often don't get what we want from God because we don't ask. That's, that's a great thing, huh? We don't get because we don't ask. But then he goes on to say this, and this is really important. But even when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. The Holy Spirit is not something we use to feel really close to God. The Holy Spirit is an active presence of God in our lives that flows through us to reach and touch other people around us. Yes, we get filled, but we should be overflowing and touching other people's lives. We sense the presence of God in our lives, the power of the Holy Spirit, when we are not focused on self and wrong motives, And we're focused on others and serving them and growing them and changing them. That's what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. The next caution is is that we need the Holy Spirit because we can't do this on our own, folks. We can't do this on our own. If you've heard all of this today and you're left with the feeling that you must be doing something, not be doing something right because you just haven't felt that way or you don't experience God that way, please don't leave with guilt or discouragement. Please don't give it a foothold in your emotional bank. Just let it go as best you can. Because remember that you need the Holy Spirit in your life because you're incapable of doing this anyway. So why feel guilty or discouraged that you don't experience that? Because it had nothing to do with you earning it or manufacturing it or making it happen in some way. You need the Holy Spirit because we're weak in those areas. We need him to help us. In fact, Paul writes this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father, who knows all hearts and knows what the Spirit is saying, for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love and are called according to his purpose for them. These very things that you may feel are missing are the very things that the Holy Spirit does in you. So be filled with the Holy Spirit. Pray and seek that the Holy Spirit would be real to you. We sang in that song that may we become more aware of his presence in our lives. Seek him to lead and to guide us. Not forget about him and ignore him and think, oh, that's too odd. But ask him to lead every part of our lives. Ask him to fill the gaps 
the weaknesses in our lives, to be strong in our weakness. I, I hope you leave here this morning not with just a greater knowledge of who the Holy Spirit is, but a greater hunger for what the Holy Spirit does in your lives. May you just get on this journey to seek him even more, to ask for him to lead you, to impact the world around you, to serve your church more effectively, to serve the world, to bring them into God's family, that they would not be lost for eternity without him. Let the Holy Spirit flow through your life in tangible expressions of power and impact. I hope that you'll hunger for that. Let's pray as the worship team comes this morning. God, I just pray right now for each one of us here in this place that you would fill us with a measure beyond our understanding of your Holy Spirit's power. That, Lord, we would be willing to take the risk of stepping out and say, Spirit of God, speak through me as I share you with, with a coworker or a neighbor. Holy Spirit, speak through me as I serve somebody in my church family. Holy Spirit, give me the compassion and the love for somebody in my church who is is struggling, that I wouldn't kick them when they're down, but instead I would restore them to a life in in Christ. Holy Spirit, lead us to experience your, your power in our lives each and every day, not so that it would end with us and we would feel close and powerful and mature, but that we, God, would be formed in you to make an impact in the world around us. God, give us the right perspective, your eyes, your heart, for your church, your family, for the world that is lost apart from you. Holy Spirit, change us to become more like Christ, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everybody, thanks for coming.